Good morning. Welcome to the Long Live Alternative Parties podcast. Free Press Media Press Inc. and Alternative Parties Books Publisher sponsors this podcast. I'm Andrew Bouchard. Welcome to the Long Live Alternative Parties podcast. Today we have another exciting guest like we always have on this podcast. She is running for office. Her name is Laura Wells. Welcome to the podcast, Laura. Well, thank you very much. Laura, let's get started by you kindly giving us an introduction to yourself, a brief biographical sketch. Okay, so I'm Laura Wells. I'm in California running for California State Controller. It's one of those seven uh, statewide offices. And what we're doing, and the controller, I should explain, is basically the bookkeeper. Keeps track of the money that comes in and the money that comes out. There's also a treasurer in in California, and that's the person who decides where the investments go, where the money is invested. So the the election is June, the first Tuesday in June, which is June 7th in 2022, because California's elections for governor and all of that run every four years on the um, off years even years that are not presidential years. And so, uh, what, but what's really exciting about this race is that there are of the about six ballot qualified uh, political parties in California, and of course there's Democrats and Republicans, there are also four others. And Peace and Freedom is another one. And what we're doing is a left unity slate where we are running candidates for the offices, the statewide offices, from both the Green Party and Peace and Freedom Party together, so that we won't be, we won't have two of us from two different parties running for the same office. And I'm really excited about that. I mean, I, I have run for office before and people have said, why don't all the, all the alternative parties get together and you'll have more power? Uh, so in this case, uh, two political parties with very close values are running together, cooperating. So that's awesome. That. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. It's awesome to see that solidarity. It's a lot better than infighting. So that's awesome that you two are getting together and doing that. Yes. So it's interesting that you mentioned in California you have a controller and a treasurer position. I don't think other states are like that, from my experience. So that's interesting. Can you tell us how you plan to implement the green vision you have in the controller position? Well, the most um, – th- something that really would help everybody across the country, certainly in California – in municipalities as well as the state is to have public banking instead of Wall Street banking. And so we've been advocating for years to have public banking. There's one state that has had it for now over a 100 years because it started in 1919, and it's North Dakota. And what a public bank does and I'll relate that to both controller and treasurer races, is that actually six, uh, must have been eight years ago, in 2014, I ran for controller, and Ellen Brown ran for treasurer as Green Party candidate. 
and she's the person that literally wrote the book about public banking. And what a public bank does is that it would it uses the capital, the money that that the let's say the state of California, but it could be the city of San Francisco or Topeka, Kansas, or you know what could be um, any other jurisdiction uses the money that they have sitting in accounts as their banking. And so after the 2008 global financial meltdown, there was one state that did not have a budget deficit, and that was North Dakota because it had a public bank and it was not tied to Wall Street, and it was the Wall Street banks that brought the system down and uh, not immigrants, as some people might want to blame the economic problems on outside, you know, on immigrants from south of the border. But but back to the public banking, we recently had to uh, replace one span of the Bay Bridge, which connects Oakland, which is where I live, to San Francisco. And projects like that roughly... 40% of the cost is interest. If you have your own bank based on your own assets, then you would borrow the money from that bank at lower interest, and whatever interest was paid, guess where that goes? It gets invested into the universities and the infrastructure of the state. It doesn't go to the Wall Street bankers. So that's, that is a key thing. Another thing is... Tax the rich. We're all being taxed. We're being taxed greater than the rich are being taxed. I say at least go back to the 91% for the top, this would be on the national level, but the top income tax bracket, just the marginal amount, not their whole amount, but just the top amount was, paid, was uh, taxed at 91% at the end of an eight-year presidential Republican presidential term of Ike Eisenhower in 1961. It's come steadily down since then. There's no reason anybody should be rich enough to have to run a space program, for example. And the problem is that with taxing the rich, people don't really get it because we think, well, we've got too many taxes. Well, that's true, but they don't. Um, you can't buy enough parties and jets and islands and mansions, what they buy is power. So you have an, a, a podcast for alternative parties, and this is one of the few, and the mainstream media is pretty much sold out to like six corporations. Well, it is. It's owned by six corporations. And they don't, they less and less and less do they cover the Green Party, the Libertarians. Those are the two biggest alternative parties in the country. They don't even cover us, except for, gee, they'll take votes away from you know, some political party like the Democrats and Republicans that are not doing what their voters want them to do, neither one of them. But anyway, so those, to summarize, public bank now, state banks as well as Bay Area banks, East Bay banks, you know, and, and spread that across the country, uh, and tax the rich so that they can't buy our government. They buy politicians and media. I didn't I don't think I mentioned that they buy the politicians. But tax the billionaires uh so that that can't happen. Uh somebody once quoted it was Brandeis. 
you can have democracy or you can have wealth concentrated in the hands of the few. You cannot have both. Interesting. That sounds like a good platform you have. Yeah, it, it's, you know, that's, that's like a, the, the alternative parties are not weird radical values. It's actually California values. The Green Party has California values. The Green Party has American values. <laughs> a lot of the things that we're going for, like peace, <laughs> like an, an, a livable environment, and like social justice and a real grassroots democracy, those are the four main things, peace, democracy, justice, and ecology. Um, those are American values. They're not marginal, you know. Sure. So you earlier you mentioned there's a number of people running for your position with you, and as I recall, you mentioned there are some alternative parties. So kindly... Describe who your opponents are. What what are they like? What do they represent? Well, so the two parties that are running in, together in the left unity slate, and I should mention that there's a website, um, leftunityslate.org, uh, and my website is myname.org, laurelwell.org. But the so we're running Peace and Freedom, which has been around since 1967. Excuse me. So what is that? 35 years, 45 years, 45. Yeah, I think 45 years, 45, 55. Yeah, that's why. Right. I, I can't. I cannot do millennial math. I'll tell you <laughs> when it crosses yeah. over. But it's 55 years, and the Green Party has been around for 30 years. And the two-party system has been trying to kill us all of that time and have not been able to. Why? Because we have the values and we don't take corporate money, so we don't take billionaire money, um, and so there we are. So the the question was about uh, running to get uh, – so, so did I answer the question or would you repeat it for me, please? No, kindly describe what your opponents are like such as the Republicans and the Democrats, or or maybe the other alternative party ones, too. Okay. Let me tell you about the, um, the Democrats and the Republicans. What we have here in California, which, thank goodness, didn't spread around the country, but Washington State has it, as well as California, we have a top two primary. And the way they sold it was that you don't vote for a particular it's an open primary. You can vote for any party that you want, you know, because we all run against each other. But it's a top two open primary, which means they kill off every candidate at, in the in the primary. Virtually every candidate gets killed out, killed off, except a Democrat or Republican. Like let, you know, there we've got fifty some congressional districts in California because it's so big. Um, and in the November election, you'll see Democrats and Republicans, usually one of each, and sometimes two Democrats running against each other and nobody else. Um, and occasionally there would be two Republicans running together and nobody else. And so the opponents are big money candidates, whether they're Democrats or Republicans. Now, the Democratic Party needs some special mention here in California because it's got what's known as a super trifecta 
on my blog, I, I have on my website, I, I write a monthly blog, and there's one in there that talks about the um, tri, the super trifecta. What that means is that the Democratic Party in California has the governor and the two houses of the legislature, but not just the majority there, it's a super majority there. In Come other on. words, still about to prove um, veto, you know, can veto proof and all that stuff can can uh, cancel out any vetoes. That which means that the Democratic Party can do anything they want. Which means that when they say that they're in favor of having Medicare for all, you know, a state plan that would give everybody health care, um, that means they could do that. They don't have anybody. They don't have the other Titanic party um, to blame. And the two Titanic parties are Democrats and Republicans. Um, and it, but let me tell you what the scenario has been. There, there's a budget surplus. There's a Democratic Party super trifecta. They've got all the power. There was a pandemic, and there and and now people are in favor. People in California are in favor, and as a matter of fact, I think across the country, in favor of having health care similar to what the other 30 wealthy industrialized countries have. You know, some good form of that. And there was an election coming, and they had a bill in the legislature not only that would implement the system, but they had a bill that they often say, oh, well, we don't have a bill that would talk about the funding. They had a bill about the funding, and you know what they did with it? They did not let it come to a vote. So they killed it. They killed it last year, and they said, well, we'll do it in 2022. Well, it's like, what about a pandemic doesn't make you think healthcare is important? But um, so they're going to wait until 2022, and everybody's going, wow, they've got both bills. They're doing this. They killed it. They did not let it get out of, um, of the committee. And one more thing about that is that we had we elected an action hero a few years back. In 2003, we elected Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he was uh, governor for seven years, Republican. And he said, you put healthcare on my desk, I will veto it. So they put it on his desk twice, they being the Democratic legislatures. And then since then, for 12 years, there have been Democratic governors. Um, Gavin Newsom, uh, preceded by eight years of Jerry Brown. I want you to guess, please, how many times the Democratic legislatures put the health care bill on the governor's desk? Zero. Zero. Exactly. And so if there's, there are lots of other ways that the Green Party and the Peace and Freedom Party are very, very different from the Democratic Party. But to me, that whole thing tells the, the tale. Why did they not want it to come to a vote? Because they don't want their voters to know where they stood, that they didn't actually stand in favor of the thing that they had been campaigning about, the governor on down, that they weren't actually in favor of it. They were more in favor of continuing to get their campaign contributions and their their alignment with the health care, with the health insurance companies and the hospitals and doctors and pharmaceuticals. You know, they were much more interested in continuing to get that money. 
than they were in in their campaign promises. Why? Because there's no place else for people to go because the systems have done everything they could to try to kill off the alternatives, which is why I come back to thanking you, Andrew, for having this, um, you know, the the long-live alternatives uh, podcast. Our pleasure. We're glad to have people like you who are doing stuff come on the podcast. It's awesome. So what is your campaign strategy? How are you going to reach the voters and have them come over to the Green Party? Well, they, um, I, I say yes to every in, interview <laughs> invitation such as yours. And we're having um, the you know, we have our website, we have those set up, and we're uh, doing, you know, email blasts and things like that. A lot of it is virtual because we're still in um, pretty much a lockdown mode that's coming, that's, that's ending sort of county by county. It, it differs county by county. But what, and, and we have just the fact that it'll be Laura Wells' Green Party controller. You know, people will, and people don't uh, don't like to vote for Greens in the um, the executive positions, like president and governor. They get afraid, even when Biden went, beats uh, Trump in California by something like 25 or 30 points. You know, it's probably 60, 40, or 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 higher. Um, they feel afraid to vote for governor. But they don't feel as afraid to vote for controller because they're not quite sure, well, how much damage could that do if, if, because it's always in the back of their mind, they're thinking, well, they can't win. And so, you know, so even other people that have known me for 20 years that said, Laura, I, I really wanted to vote for you. And I go, one, Ted? <laughs> yes, but I was afraid of, you know, it's like, oh my goodness, you know, they were afraid in a race that uh, I, that one, you know, the difference was 12 points. But people are less afraid when you run for controller. That race that the person was afraid was when I ran for governor right after the financial meltdown. It's like, if anybody, if we should take a look at money, we should look at money now. Yeah. But people, you know, because the whole thing that they plaster all over us, and they being the mainstream media and the government and the systems, you know, the electoral systems, is can't win, can't win, can't win, can't win. What they're saying, they're not saying Green Party you can't win or just peace and freedom you can't win or just libertarian you can't win. What they're saying is you people can't win. People can't win. The the ones who can win are the ones that are, you know, are the billionaires. Um, and so we're so we're fighting to have the alternative party survive because we want people <laughs> to survive. Ay ay ay. Yes. So since you ran for governor before, what lessons did you learn from that race that you're bringing into this race? Well, that it's better to run for a race like this. You know that be, it's it's better. Um, yeah, because I, I was going to say. I mentioned that it would be Laura Wells' Green Party running for a controller, which is a little, which is safer for people to feel safer about voting for their values when they when it's not in the executive office, and a ballot statement. Now, it used to be 
free to run for a statewide office uh, because you could collect 160 signatures and wipe out the $3,500 fee and because you could do a ballot statement for free. Now, the ballot statement costs $25 a word for a maximum 250-word statement, which would be $6,250, and that the fee of $3,500, you need 4,750 signatures gathered in order to wipe that out. So I have a 90-word um, ballot statement that uh, I think it's, in a way, it's better than having a long one, and it's certainly cheaper. Sure. But altogether, the cost to the state of California is going to be about $6,000. Uh, but we're going to have that ballot statement. And people have no idea that the state itself costs, charges you $6,000 to run. And it could be 9000 if you have, you know, uh, longer statements. Um, so... So, so it, and that ballot, uh, the voter information guide goes to every voter household across the state. So that will be there on paper. I'll be uh, running for controller, and there'll be half a dozen other people running for controller, but we'll have Green Party there. People might start thinking, you know, even uh, it, it's a mistake to think of the Green Party as only an environmental party, but yeah. it's also a to think of the environment as only the environment. <laughs> you know, it's what we where we live, you know. Um, and so people like the idea of the Green Party, especially if they don't feel afraid. And so that's a big thing. And we'll do whatever we can, especially virtually and occasionally um, be able to get together in person as, as things loosen up a little bit. Excellent. So, Laura, for our listeners out there, whether they live in California or elsewhere, how can they support your campaign? Well, there's a, a way that people can do it. Donations are wonderful. If you're from outside the country, no. If you're a corporation, no. But if you're a real person, um, there's a green donate button on my website, which is laurawells.org. And you can also look at the Left Unity slate, and that will connect you to other uh, other candidates. But um, yeah, so so it, it's you know money is a great help. And if you know anybody, and and my um, website has that. It, it, anybody that's outside of California that knows people in California, um, pass along my website. You might take. You might want to take a look at it and see if there are any particular um, blogs that I've done that that somebody might be interested in, um, and pass you know pass those along the, the links or just the laurawells.org link, and and that will be helpful. We because we, we want to spread the word. California is a huge state. It would have been so wonderful. It will be so wonderful when California finally does do. Healthcare, so that we can join the other 30 wealthy industrialized countries and a lot of other countries that don't have anywhere near as much money as the U.S. that actually provide healthcare for their for their population because they have a focus on health. Yes. Yeah. Well, Laura, thank you kindly for coming on the podcast and talking about your campaign. Well, thank you so much for what you're doing. I mean, we we it needs. To um, the mainstream media is not going to do it, and so you're filling a, a wonderful need. Thank you for it. 
You're very welcome. We wish you all the best in your campaign and all your other endeavors. Okay. <laughs> well, bye for now. Take care. You too.